In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here with us on the BetQL Network. Uh, simulcast by our friends at Stadium now for the next two hours, and it is going to be a badass two hours of wagertainment coming your way, getting you, dear listener and dear viewer, set to bet, and win, hopefully win, coming up Championship Sunday in the National Football League, Chiefs and the Ravens, AFC title game, Lions and the Niners in the NFC title game. We're going to have five amazing guests joining us over the course of the next two hours, talking Championship Sunday. Uh, Adam Chernoff is going to join us in just a moment. 20 minutes from now, Connor Allen stops by, Betsburts 4 for 4, and the Move the Line podcast, all of his prop bets coming up for Championship Sunday. 40 minutes from now, pro sports better Rob Bazzola, his bet for Championship Sunday. Joey Kanish will join us next hour. Talk about if his Lions can get to the first Super Bowl in franchise history. One hour from now, Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, the legendary Warren Moon joins you better, you bet, to break down the games. We look forward to that. The guest lists have been fire here this season on the show. Ken and I will bring you all the line movement for Championship Sunday as we move along. Maybe a little bit more award market roulette. And if you want to check out the segments, if you missed them in hour number one, just search you bet wherever you find your podcasts. And then the final hour of the show, we will discuss Dave Canales being named the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Maybe an early thought on what we might expect Carolina's win total to be next season. Hence, it won't be high. And we'll also give you our bets for tonight at the end of the show. I think it's fascinating cards tonight in the NBA and the National Hockey League. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here on our, this tremendous football Thursday on the two stadium hours, uh, fresh from Buffalo, and we'll find out how the game went for him. He was at the Bills-Chiefs game this past Sunday, is our friend Adam Chernoff, host of the Simple Handicap podcast. Uh, the final episode of that podcast, by the way, for this NFL season and NFL betting podcast is this Sunday. And if you want to stay connected with our man, Adam Chernoff, he's going to have an off-season NFL newsletter Letter updated every Friday, and you can find it at his brand new website. Congratulations on the new venture, my friend, AdamChurnoff.com. Churn, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Championship Week to you and yours. How the hell was Buffalo? Uh, Buffalo was an interesting experience, and I, I, I've said it kind of all week. My takeaway from that is I've never seen so many angry adult men in one place for a span of four hours in my entire life. Like the the anger and the anxiety and just the fear of losing that took over that stadium for four hours was incredible to see. And so awfully quiet, 
surprisingly most of the game, but that fourth quarter was was pretty grim getting out of there. So that was uh, a fun experience for sure. Adam, the one like image kind of we saw from the crowd, well, we saw two, right? We saw the guy crying at the end of the game. Like, I, I don't know if you were close to that guy, but whatever. And then the second thing we saw was, was Jason Kelsey get out of the, the box and come down and like drink a bunch of beers with people. Like obviously Taylor Swift's up there too and everything. Like, was that on the side of the stadium where you were? Was it like this impactful moment for people who were there? Like if you follow the game on social media, you watch the game. That's like one of the, like the memorable things that happened during the game, obviously, aside from who won and why was it, was it a big deal there when it happened? So we were on the other side. It was a little bit far away from us. We were like six o'clock on the clock. They were over at like two o'clock on the other side of the end zone. And so we didn't see any of that happening in real time. But what I noticed was before the game, there was a massive focus from Buffalo fans on Taylor Swift and her presence there pregame. I mean, there was every type of slur and slander that could be thrown towards Kelsey and her given from the Buffalo crowd. And there was like this active first quarter hunt among people within the stands to figure out which suite they were in. And so it not only is it very real on social media, but in the stadium itself, there's there's like a real interest to see where they are and what's going on. And so um, didn't quite catch the highlights like we're showing on social, but I was surprised. It's a very real thing that kind of takes over the stadium early on. I, I got to just be, I, I think Bills fans are great. I was rooting for the Bills on Sunday, despite my Chiefs teaser. I mean, like, could you have more, like, loser behavior than that? Like, let's find out and, like, yell at Ted. Like, grow, grow up and, like, root for a better football team, maybe. And, like, they're far from the only fan base that does this. I got to tell you, I got no patience for this. You couldn't pay me to go to a game and, like, sit with people like this. We're drinking and acting like like morons and clowns. Anyway, uh, can't wait to watch the games this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be great. breaking them down, Churn. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, I, I love the National Football League. I just don't want to, like, go to games. My personal opinion. Uh, let's start with the AFC title game, Churn. The, the team that, uh, that's been torturing the Buffalo Bills for what seems like a long time now, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs advancing to their 688th consecutive AFC championship game, and this time they will be at Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The side and total market at our show sponsor, BetMGM currently sees the Ravens about a four-point home favorite, the total about 44-and-a-half. Uh, what do you think we see here, Churn, coming up in the AFC title game? I think we can talk both sides of this game, and I'll say that I'm indifferent on this game, have a much stronger opinion on the later game. And, and what I would say about this game that's kind of been, uh, I think, a very valid talking point is, although Baltimore looks to be the side, if you're back in Kansas City because three and a half or four points is too much for Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, and you think the offensive resurgence of the Chiefs the last three games starters have played is real, I, I think that that's very valid. And it reminds me of Tom Brady for the better part of 20 years where you got to these playoff spots so often and it's like, do you want to try be the smartest guy in the room picking against the one time where it falls down? Or do you just take the points and go with it. And so I, I think that that's, that's honestly a very valid reason of thinking if you're looking at backing the Chiefs. What I would say to this is two things I think need to be discussed and sort of talked about more. First of all, the Chiefs the last three weeks have been using a lot of two and three tight end sets. They've been running a ton out of them, primarily because they've been able to keep the Dolphins and Bills injured defenses in certain personnel groupings where they had to have extra linebackers on the field. 
It's been big Pacheco games, big Kelsey games. The offenses looked very comfortable. Mahomes' pass rate from those formations through the roof. It's all been very good, but it's all been against very easy, banged-up defenses on the other side that's benefited the Chiefs a lot. That's just not the case against Mike McDonald and this Ravens defense that they're going in to face this week. This is going to be the first time in a long time that the Chiefs have had to face a defense that is going to dictate and control what they can do on offense. And I think that that is a problem. And so to me in this game, as tempted as I am to bet Baltimore, I just, I haven't because I don't know if I want to just bet against Patrick Mahomes. Like if you bet and lose on Mahomes in this spot with the points, you probably don't feel too bad about yourself. If you bet Baltimore and Mahomes does what he does and the Ravens lose outright, it's, it's tough to sit on that. I know there's two games left. It's easy to force a bet. I completely see both sides to this. Adam, one thing I know that you were really big on last week uh, was the over in the game. And I know Casey like slowed it way down in the second half, like the scoring stopped basically in the fourth quarter of the game, but like the game goes over the total and you've been really big on this offensive resurgence. It sounds like what you're saying is like, we shouldn't expect that to continue. Cause my question is going to be about the total of the game and like, if Kansas city covers, is it because there was, is it because they were able to keep this going? And like, it does a Kansas city cover have to mean that the game goes over the total because the offense continues to kind of drive what they've been doing. Like the last couple of games, I know you just mentioned like Baltimore is different. It doesn't have to be that kind of a game. Like if you had to bet the total, then like it is a little crazy to see Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in a season where Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP play a game where the total is mm-hmm. 44 and a half. Obviously the defenses are good too, but like, look, look at these quarterbacks. What would your advice be to people who want to bet the total? So Ken, to your point, we've seen the Chiefs since the Raiders game on Christmas with the big emphasis to break the huddle fast, get to the line of scrimmage early in the play clock and snap it as soon as they can at the line. It's kind of resulted in this, not necessarily like up-tempo offense, but just a very simplified Chiefs offense. And so going back to the Bengals game, We saw just two snaps with single digits on the play clock against Miami in the freezing cold. There were very few. All of them came inside the red zone. And last week against Buffalo, especially in the first half, the Chiefs stuck to what they have been doing. And again, we only saw them slow down in the red zone. Why I don't know if it can continue this week is because Baltimore tries to confuse every offense at the line of scrimmage with their simulated pressures and how they disguise coverages. Really good example last week was C.J. Stroud and the Texans. They only had two snaps in the entire first half that were not out of timeouts that had double digits on the play clock. Everything for Houston in the first half was three, four, five seconds left on the play clock, trying to figure out what's going on at the line of scrimmage. Just the way Mike McDonald operates defensively as a play caller makes it so hard for offenses to come in and be comfortable and move quickly. And we've seen a lot of Chiefs games this year prior to this shift where when they are slowed down, we really see very few possessions in games and it really tightens up how the game goes. And so if that's if that's aided a little bit by some rain that's lingering into the forecast, I, I don't think the total is necessarily unfair one way. So, again, it's I think this is a great game to talk about and watch. I don't think it's a very good game for betting like the late game is. Well, until we uh, bet Kansas City and they win the game outright. Then it's going to be awesome. Well, there we go. There we bet with Nick and Ken <laughs> here on a, on a Thursday, talking championship Sunday with our friend Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast. Also, a new newsletter coming up this NFL offseason at uh, Adam Chernoff's new website, www.adamchernoff.com. 
All right, so uh, great betting opportunity turn. Maybe in the second game, in your estimation, with the Lions and the Niners, San Francisco now in between a seven and a seven and a half point home favorite, fifty one and a half the total. Debo Samuel practicing in a limited fashion on Thursday, seemingly putting him on track to play in Sunday's game. Not definitely, but looking pretty good based off that news that I just reported there. Churn, what do you have for us here with the Lions and the Niners? So uh, a very prominent group uh, that I have a lot of respect for released San Francisco minus seven this morning, which caused the movement across the board to seven and a half. Uh, I see there's been a little bit money coming back the other way. It's now seven minus 20 for San Francisco. I think that is a good play. I think Brock Purdy pass attempts over either 29 and a half at minus 130 or over 30 and a half at minus 115. I think both of those look really good. And I think George Kittle over 61 and a half receiving yards. That looks really good too. And so to me, this is a big Brock Purdy bounce back game, even amid the horrible conditions last week with the rain that obviously has a massive impact on him losing Debo early in the game, who is a big part of the game plan. We saw reporters post game talk about that impact. And you had essentially anything that could go wrong for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan went wrong. They still put up 24 points, and they still win the game. On Sunday, perfect weather conditions. It is a slam-dunk matchup against this horrible Lions defense. I think we'll see him much more comfortable in the pocket. Everything is pointing to a heightened emphasis throwing the football. They threw it a ton last week against Green Bay. They're not, they're not going away from that this week. They're going to keep throwing against this Lions defense that is stopping nobody. And on that defensive line for San Francisco... You get Eric Armstead back healthy. You have a banged-up center in Frank Ragnow for the Lions, and you have Jonah Jackson, the left guard, who's going to be out. And where does Jared Goff struggle the most? It's when he's under pressure, especially with interior pressure coming his way. I think that's a great matchup for the 49ers' defense on that defensive line. Uh, to me, this is San Francisco, and then Purdy overs and Kittle overs uh, like the look of the 49ers quite a bit on Sunday. I mean, that's a... About as strong of an opinion as you get when you get to, to championship Sunday in terms of, of what you like in the game. I, I agree. Like, I think Purdy's going to play a lot better. I don't know if he's going to go over those numbers. I hope he goes over those numbers. I, I'd like San Francisco to advance and uh, and win the NFC. Adam, we have like a minute left to go. And I know, like, look, the AFC game, you don't have a strong opinion. There's there's room on both sides. It sounds like you're pretty confident the Niners are going to advance to the Super Bowl. Who would be your most likely Super Bowl champion right now in a minute? Um, I'll say this. If we get Baltimore, San Francisco, there's some look ahead lines out there where you're seeing the Ravens about a point and a half underdog around plus one Oh five on the money line. I like both of those bets. I think the Ravens are the best team remaining. And I think that's probably the most likely matchup that we see. And so I, I think to answer your question, it's Baltimore, but if you want to kind of bet around that as well on those look ahead or hypothetical matchup lines that you see, um, if you can find Ravens money line at plus money against the Niners, I think that's a pretty pretty good bet to take because I think that probably reopens Pickham, or if not, we'll get bet down. So you're going to get a, a decent price relative to where we'll be a couple days from now after the reopen. So Churn is not going to join us next week because there's you know there's no game next week, but we'll get him on to talk Super Bowl Fifty Eight. I'm excited to get Churn on during the off season. Like talks about some of these coaching hires. Churn's always got good stuff and good thoughts on some of that. I think a lot of these coaching hires have been really interesting. Uh, we got to check out the Simple Handicap Podcast, Adam Chernoff's NFL Betting Podcast. Final episode coming up this Sunday, and subscribe to his newsletter at www.adamchernoff. 
Adamchurnoff.com. My friend, we sincerely, and on Twitter, at Adam Churn, we sincerely appreciate it. Um, good luck with the bets this weekend. Stay well, and we will catch up with you when we are out in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the games this weekend. Chat soon. Our pal Adam Chernoff joining us here on You Better, You Bet. The Bills fans, man. I guess like every, I guess every probably fan base would do that, right? It would be everywhere. Right? I mean, it's going to be Baltimore this weekend, too. No question. It's just like, like I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just old. Anyway, uh, Connor Allen stops by next. His best bet's coming up for Championship Sunday. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Couple Jared Goff touchdown passes from this postseason. Mike Tirico on the call for NBC. Uh, what you heard in the background of all those calls, obviously, was the bloodthirsty crowd in Detroit going absolutely nuts for everything that the Lions did that was positive. Detroit will not have that this week because they will be on the road at Candlestick, a.k.a. I know it's Levi's. I like to call it Candlestick for the NFC Championship in San Francisco. Connor Allen will join us in just a second, giving us his handicap and his bets for both games on Championship Sunday. Rob Bazola will join us in 20 minutes. Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon will join us next hour as well as pro sports better Joey Kanish. We, by the way, have had, like, we need to come up with the list of, like, people that Kanish has either come on before or after. Like, it's like really funny. It's, Every oh, time. it's always like, it's always like, here's, like, legendary broadcaster X, and after him is Joey Kanish, right. or Kanish will lead into, like, here's, like, you know, like, like Joe Montana's coming on the show, and Kanish is the lead in, et cetera. Right. It's all, it's all. His honor, great. his honor, the prime minister of Denmark. And then afterwards, <laughs> Gambling DJ Joey Kanish. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's yeah. a baby. Love it. Uh, our bets for tonight coming up in the power hour, the final hour of the show. But joining us right now is uh, the aforementioned Connor Allen from Betsperts 4 for 4 and the Move the Line podcast. Uh, that Move the Line podcast features other friends of the show like John Daigle and Ryan Noonan, who you heard on this fine program yesterday, giving us some tackle props for this weekend. Absolutely love that from our guy Noonan. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. My friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy championship week to you and yours. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It is always funny seeing the list of names because, like, you know, I'll get tagged in the original posts and it'll be like, you know, me and then some awesome, you know, famous person and then Joey Kanish. I just feel bad for the people who came because of the super famous people and then have to listen to Kanish after, like, in the podcast feed and just like have to hear his voice immediately after. I'm like, who's this guy? You know, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great. You know, Kanish always bringing the bangers. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure it's not too bad for him. I don't know, all those hockey also- bets I feel like I've lost recently. So like we gotta get we gotta get Kinnish back like back on the winning ways here with some of his hockey bets. When did yeah. he start touting it's hockey? Also- I mean when did, when did this happen? It's uh you know him. It's just it's like whatever's going on. He just like finds a guy and moves for him and then it's like here's here's my bet. Yep. Like the Islanders or whatever it is. Be like, Can you name an Islander? Be like, I don't know, they play on an island. Like yes, they do, sort of. Uh I don't know. It's it's Kinnish. Well, I'm sure we'll get some really good stuff. Connor, we 
we want to talk to you about both games, obviously. And I, you know, side in total, we'll go through that analysis. And then also we were talking off air, just like maybe a little bit more depth on some of the prop markets that are being offered. This isn't obviously a normal week. All the prop markets for the games are open already. They've all been open for like a couple of days in some cases. And there's just going to be like a more heightened awareness on, you know, some of the big players involved because there, there just aren't that many things. about. There's only two games coming up this weekend. So we can do side total first for the AFC. And then maybe we'll do prop stuff afterwards, just in case you do like a side or a total in the game. Chiefs. Like, I'm calling it four. Like, I know it's three and a half in a couple places, but, like, it's four. And the total's 44 and a half. Looks like maybe rain in the forecast on Sunday in Baltimore. And about, like, 30 ex-Ravens are going to be there, uh, which would be pretty interesting. All those, like, honorary captains and Michael Phelps. Uh, what do you got for us in the AFC side in total? Yeah, I kind of lean towards the under in this game here. And for a couple of reasons, this so this Chiefs team, we've seen them skew run heavy from time to time here. And I think that that's probably their you know path to least resistance here against this Ravens run defense, 15th in success rate, 13th in EPA per play. Their pass defense is significantly better. Uh, and they're kind of like this amoeba, you know, they really just like morph into whatever they, you know, think will stop you. And basically like they're, they don't stick to their basic scheme on a play to play basis. And they change a lot. They're like middle of the road in man zone, cover two, cover three. Like no matter, no matter what you expect them to do, they're just going to do something different. And I think that's what's unique about them. And that's what could give this, this Chiefs uh, offense a little bit of problems here. We saw Travis Kelsey, you know, revitalized against the Bills third string linebackers and a completely injury depleted Miami team in the previous weeks. But I, I just have some concern that how it's going to look against a really good defense in the Ravens here. Um, and on the other side, I think that this Ravens offense is probably going to try and run the ball a lot. They have 343 carries out of shotgun, one of the highest rates in the league. They're averaging over five and a half yards per carry on those runs. And the Chiefs are allowing one of the highest yards per carry against runs out of the shotgun at 5.13 and a really high success rate as well. A lot of that's Lamar, though. And, you know, it's like we saw the Ravens, who I didn't think did a really good job producing creative runs throughout the season, do a really good job against Houston, another really or a good run defense, and have Lamar run some keepers and run a couple of the same looks, and then have Lamar get on the edge instead. And I think that that could be a massive advantage here for the Ravens. And personally, I'm going to be looking to live at this game. I did take some minus three. That's you know long gone, so I'm not going to tout that at this point. But I think if the Ravens are running the ball consistently, uh, they're going to win and cover you know relatively easily. If they get stuck in a you know behind situation where they're behind or they have to throw the ball more this chiefs pass defense is fantastic and i think the chiefs will cover and probably win outright so i know that's a little bit wishy-washy but i think that's probably how i'm gonna approach it from a live betting standpoint no i think i think a lot of people kind of share that opinion on the game we just had adam chernoff on and he presented the case for both sides and said he didn't have a really strong opinion on side or total for the uh for the chiefs or the ravens all right so connor you kind of handicapped how you think the game's gonna go you mentioned a couple specific players and maybe liking them or not liking them in the prop market what are some bets that you like here coming up for the chiefs and the ravens in the prop market anything tickle your fancy anything you're leaning towards etc here coming up in the afc title game yeah i've made uh, two prop bets in this game so far. Both of them are unders. So the first one is one that I don't know how people are going to feel about. Miko Hardman under one and a half receptions. I mean, the guy stone cold stinks first off. But second he, off, I he, mean, he, fumbled... he should never touch the ball again. So like, I like the bet just based off that. Right. I mean, literally touched the ball twice, fumbled through the end zone, nearly cost him the game. The game before that was in Miami, had multiple deep balls where he was like, you know, Mahomes is visibly upset because he didn't adjust to the ball in the air. You know, like, Michael Hardman doesn't belong in an NFL field. He couldn't even crack the, the Jets, like, starting receiving core. And they have, like, Garrett Wilson and a bunch of bums out there. So, I don't know. I think that that was crazy. I know they brought him in because he has experience with the system and whatnot. Kadarius Tony looks like he's coming back. So, I think that any of the design plays will probably be, you know, to him, maybe some more MVS after playing, I mean, the best game of the season, which isn't saying much for him. But, you know, whatever. He had, he had a good game. 
So, yeah, I think Miko Hardman probably shouldn't even see the field. And if he does, uh, one and a half reception seems like a lot. I also played Zay Flowers under on his receptions at four and a half. It's getting a little juicy now, but I still think it's a solid look here. Mark Andrews practiced in full. At this point, I would just wait until Mark Andrews is officially, officially cleared because last week he practiced in full twice and then they didn't clear him. This week he's already practiced in full multiple times. And then Harbaugh still has not officially said that they're, you know, designated in return and, and playing this week. So if he plays, though, Zay Flowers splits, his target share decreases a lot, and he hasn't been as good against two high coverages. With Mark Andrews, just a 16% target share against two high coverages this season, which obviously is a lot lower. And I expect the Ravens to go run heavy. So limited volume, more competition, tough defense. So a lot of things working against him in this spot. Connor, just one more question on the Chiefs before we, we can do the NFC game. Like, so you gave us uh, a couple guys who you think are going to underperform, including Nico Hardman, which is just really funny because he fumbled through the end zone and it's under one and a half catches, which is really funny. It's basically yeah. like, will they make the mistake of throwing him the ball and then compound that by maybe throwing it to him again in the same game? It's basically like the bet that you're making. You're saying, no, they're not going to do that. Uh, the Chiefs have found a lot of success kind of by like restricting the number of players who touch the ball. I know Hardman fumbled through the end zone, but he also only touched the ball a couple of times in the game. And it's been just like a really, really heavy dose of like Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, who's beat up, but like going to play in the game and Travis Kelsey. And they all have like big stat line games in the last few weeks, each kind of like showing out a couple of times. And their prop markets for this game, I think are pretty interesting. Like uh, Kelsey and uh, Rasheed Rice are both like in the low 60s. And I didn't see a number on Pacheco. Actually, I could probably just get that right now. But like the my 64 point is and a half. The Chiefs I, thought, I think I, I yeah, last 60, saw. Yeah, there you go. 64 and a half. So kind of like three, actually three players who are aligned almost in an identical range. Basically, like if you had to pick one of those three players who have both been seeing the ball a ton recently to pop against the Ravens, if people want to play an over in the game, which Chief would you go with? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm figuring out because I got to have some overs because, you know, people like to like to bet those. At least just for <laughs> I'm fun. Just you know, not, not... like somebody's going to play well, you know, like somebody's going to Right, play exactly. Um, no, I think Pacheco is probably my favorite look. I think the rushing receiving combined is interesting. 85, he has that in five or six straight games since Jarek McKinnon went out. Um, they're using him a ton. Like I mentioned, this Ravens run defense is like their one a weakness. Also, running out of the gun, they have not been very good about uh, good against either. So I think that we could see the Chiefs spread it out a little bit more. They've been playing some heavier packages more with like Noah Gray. I think they might go away from that play, you know, a little bit more spread. Maybe Miko Hardman sees the field, unfortunately, but you know I don't think he's going to get the ball. There'll be a lot of you know spread. Chaco runs, uh, and I think you'll see a ton of work in the passing game as well. So I think over 85 and a half combined is a pretty solid look. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. Getting bets for sure. Championship Sunday in the NFL with our friend Connor Allen from BetSports 4 for 4 and the Move the Line podcast on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, what about your handicap here? And we can get to specific prop bets in a second. But your handicap for the Niners and the Lions in the NFC title game in the nightcap. San Francisco almost now a full 7.5 point home favorite against Detroit. Total 51.5. And, and just to reiterate, it does look like Debo Samuel is on track to play a limited practice today on Thursday for the Niners. Yeah, we'll touch on that more in the prop market segment because I think that's where it mostly matters even more. But for this game specifically, um, I have a couple of pretty strong angles here. I think that this 49ers defense is going to make Jared Goff uh, extremely uncomfortable in this spot. So we're looking at them mostly being, you know, run funnel as is, 27th in success rate, 28th in EPA per play, but much better against the pass, you know, top 10 in both metrics. Um, but what is key for me here is that this 49ers team gets pressure without blitzing. Since Chase Young came back, they're a lot, they have a, over a 40% pressure rate, uh, or I guess they acquired Chase Young. And we're looking at Jared Goff here under pressure. He's not been very good. Um, you know, his completion percentage drops significantly to below 50%. Uh, and so we're looking at a spot here where, He's good. He's okay against the blitz and no pressure. But when it's 
pressure and no blitz, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL if you kind of bring it to that level. And that's exactly what the 49ers are capable of doing here. And on top of this, we've seen Jared Goff have a ton of success over the middle of the field passing the ball there. And this 49ers defense has done a great job of defending over the middle of the field. So I think there's a couple of things working against him here beyond just, you know, an efficiency standpoint. I think they're going to try and run the ball a bunch too. So I'm not expecting very many stats there from him. And then on the other side, I expect this Niners team to have some success, you know, passing the ball, even with or without Debo. This Lions secondary along over 300 yards per game, over eight and a half yards per attempt since their week nine bye. Uh, and so I think that could be a big edge for them there. I would not be surprised to see them go a little bit pass heavier against a, uh, Detroit defense that's not very good in the secondary, but that plays good run defense. So I, I right now, honestly, if you can still get a seven, I'd still like that for the Niners. I played some six and a half at open, um, but I, I, I add more then. I'm not sure if I bet the seven and a half. It's just kind of getting like to be a lot given what we know right now. So Connor, you mentioned in terms of prop for this props for this game, rather that the Debo news, and I think this makes a lot of sense, right? Like if he plays, a lot of the players are affected because he's going to get usage. That's going to go away from somebody else and and in terms of just giving him the ball more than other players. And you know, I guess there's still a chance that he doesn't play a game. Obviously that would have a huge impact also. So we can kind of proceed probably right. Like with the idea that Debo is going to play. So if that's true, and this could be a lion's conversation too, we have a couple minutes left. What are some props you like for this game? The NFC game? Yes. I touched on golf. I played golf under uh, like 260. So I think that's a solid look there for all the reasons that I laid out. Um, but then this is really interesting because the splits for George Kittle and for Brandon Ayuk without Debo Samuel are obviously significant. Like the both of them just have way higher ceilings, way higher floors, way higher target shares because they funnel through those two options instead of three with all three of them. It's usually like two of them have a solid game. One of them kind of duds, or maybe one goes off one. Okay. And then another duds. And so, but that's not being reflected at all in the prop market right now. Like, Brandon Ayuk's receiving prop is like 81 yards, which is by far the highest of the season. George Kittle's receiving prop is in the 60s. Like, these are all like no Debo lines, basically. I know the matchup is cake, but these still these lines are like aggressively, aggressively high compared to what they should be if Debo is going to play. Now, that being said, because the matchup is so good, I'm not going to be betting the under. I was kind of hoping that, oh, maybe Debo is going to play and we'll get a correction and I can bet some Ayuk overs or Kittle overs. But uh, based on the way the market's trending right now, we might not get that. So um, for me, it's kind of just a massive stay away from that receiving standpoint. If you want to bet something, I think Purdy 300 plus, 325 plus is very much in play because I'm not sure which receiver pops off. If I had to take a lean, it'd be Ayuk, but uh, I, I'm pretty confident that Purdy has a successful day through the air. About 30 seconds to go. If you had to pick a lion to exceed expectations in the prop market, or you think to have a good game better than expected, who would it be and why? Yeah, it's probably Laporta because he has the highest target share um, from Jared Goff when when he's under pressure. Uh, it's like 0.23 targets per route run, which is higher than Amon Ross St. Brown by a pretty significant margin. Plus, we see him. I thought he looked pretty spry last week too, and you know, like the injury obviously matters, but um, I think he's still in a solid spot here where you know high target share you can get there even against tough defense. Connor, we appreciate it. Fantastic stuff as always on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Betsperts four for four in the Move the Line podcast. Stay well. Good luck with the bets, and we will next talk to you, my friend. Breaking down Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Love it. Let's go. Appreciate you guys having me on. Talk to you soon. Connor Allen joining us here on the show. So uh, we had two guests on so far today: Pizzola, Warren Moon, Joey Kinnishtoltka, and both of those guests, Adam Chernoff and Connor Allen, both like the Niners. Ken, it seems like they both like them like a. A decent amount here coming up against Detroit. Yeah, just, I think the the thing that comes through, like a, a, you know, in addition to just like who they like in the game, just like the by far, and uh, and Prisco had this too. Just like 
can the Lions block the 49ers? Like, can the Lions offensive line block San Francisco? Because like as Prisco said, like if you block them, like you can attack them down the field. A lot of teams haven't been able to do that. Bosa, Chase Young, Armstead back and healthy. I think kind of like the, not the assumption, but like the expectation from the guests we've had on so far is like, they're not going to block the front four effectively, which means the Niners get pressure, which means that's bad for Jared Goff, which means like it's the Niners by a lot, but like, obviously, you know, offensive line, defensive line is frequently a key matchup. It feels like specifically with that side of the ball, with that matchup, like that's kind of what people have keyed in on. And coming up next to wrap up our number two here on this tremendous football Thursday, we'll find out what pro sports better. Our buddy Rob Pizzola thinks of both games coming up on Championship Sunday. So coming up next, Rob Pizzola from Circles Off, the Hammer, will join us talking the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Lions and the Niners. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Second and one. Jackson. End zone. Likely for the touchdown. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Joe Buck with the call this past Saturday. Lamar Jackson absolutely dominating the Houston Texans and route to a win and a berth in the AFC Championship game where the Ravens will host. Well, here's your reward. Here's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. Pro sports better Rob Bazola will join us in just a second, giving us his thoughts on Championship Sunday. Reminder to our live audience, Warren Moon joins us at the top of next hour, coming up in 20 minutes, Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, and he'll be followed by Joey Kanish. At some point, we actually need to make this a bit on the on the show, which is like like really famous people Kanish is either led into or followed on You Better You Bet. He's like always in that spot. It's very funny. Kanish will join us next hour. Uh, our bets for tonight coming up to close the program as well on a very interesting night, I think, in both the NBA and the National Hockey League. But joining us right now is the aforementioned Rob Bazola, pro sports better, uh, founder of the sports betting content company, The Hammer, on Twitter at The Hammer HQ, and co-host of the sports betting podcast, Circles Off, on Twitter at Rob Bazola. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, happy championship week in the NFL to you and yours. Yeah, same to you guys as well kind of sad that the season is getting towards the end but once you grind through all the regular season and now in the content business as well it'll be refreshing when it's all said and done but uh, really looking forward to this weekend this is the one weekend a year I get together with like all my childhood friends we watch the games together you know just have a big party on on championship Sunday every year so looking forward to it Rob I know uh you know we've had like several guests on this week, we asked them about both games. It seems like by far, even if it's like one side or another, doesn't have to be the same side of the game. So many more strong opinions about the NFC game and what people want to bet than the AFC game. I'm curious, like we, we do the AFC game first. I'm curious if you fall into that category and also kind of like why you think that is like, I, it surprises me because I would see like Mahomes as an underdog, best team all year, three and a half at home. And I think you'd get like a lot of strong opinions on both sides of the game, as opposed to like, well, I don't know. And maybe it's because like both those things are so appealing, but I feel like people would kind of would have a strong opinion. When, like I have a strong opinion on the chiefs, but I can be wrong. The Ravens are a four-point home favorite. The total is 44 and a half. Do, do you have, see yourself betting this game? And like, why do you think, I'm sure you've seen the same thing. Why do you think everyone's just kind of paralyzed on this one? 
So I'll start with the second question there first. In terms of the handicap of this game, I think if you took like season-long data or metrics, a lot of people are going to come up with an edge on Baltimore in this game, but they're scared to death of betting against the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe like people that just don't want to bet their numbers or whatever. So Kansas City's like this polarizing team in that they finished the regular season you know, they struggled to score. We saw the game against the Raiders where it was like the most horrendous performance of Patrick Mahomes' life. And now all of a sudden their offense looks viable again and people just don't know what to do in that type of situation. At least that's my my prerogative on the game. I'm not betting much in Kansas City, Baltimore, personally. The only slight lean I have here uh, with Joe Tooney looking like he's going to miss the game on the offensive line is towards the under. One thing, like with the Ravens, People are citing like this historically high DVOA ranking and how great this team has been all year long. But when we really scale it back and look at the Ravens season, they've played four games this year with Lamar Jackson where they actually played a good defense. And I'll define good defense, but top 10 EPA per play in the league. The rest of the defenses they've they've played have been like on the lower end of the spectrum. Those four games, one of them was 28 to three against the Browns. That was a DTR game. The Ravens had less than 300 total yards of offense. They had two long touchdown drives. They generated 106 total yards in the other 10 drives in that game. The second was the Steelers. They lost 17 to 10. I remember the game like it was yesterday because I bet the Ravens, the Baltimore D played really well. Their offense could not score in that game. They scored a touchdown and a field goal in the first three drives. Then they went fumble, turnover on downs, punt, punt, safety, punt, interception, fumble, turnover on downs. Then they played the Browns later in the year. They won the game 33-31. to 31. Uh, The Browns won that, excuse me. Baltimore went up 14-0. Kyle Hamilton, interception return for a touchdown, and then a scripted TD drive. They went up 14-0. After that, they had one drive that was over 32 yards. They scored a TD on a muffed punt where they started at the Cleveland 10-yard line in that game. And then the final one was the 49ers, where they were 5.4 yards per play in that game. They scored 17 points off turnovers. They started those drives at the San Fran 20, the San Fran 44, the San Fran 9. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Baltimore is just going to score at will in this game. I love the Chiefs defense. I think it's very good. I think Spagnolo is going to have a lot of wrinkles in his game plan for Lamar. On the other side of things, though, the issue is that Patrick Mahomes, when he's blitzed, he performs a lot better. When he's facing five-plus pass rushers, his EPA per play is through the roof. Four or less, it goes down a lot. Baltimore's a low blitz rate team. They can get pressure without having to send extras. I don't think the Chiefs offense is going to look like it has against the uh, Miami Dolphins and uh, how they looked last week as well. So lean to the under here, but God, it's a low total for Mahomes-Lamar. And it's like, uh, like, I'm just looking for something at this point. So that's the way I'd play it if I had to. We do. We have some breaking news in the NFL. Ken and I will get into it a little bit later, but just want to read this on the air. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are apparently, per like all the insiders are tweeting, uh, going to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their next head coach. Morris, the one-time head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. About a decade ago, it looks like he'll get a second crack at being an NFL head coach, now at the Atlanta Falcons. And one would think this means that Bill Belichick will not be a head coach in the National Football League now this season. Ken and I will read 
react to this news coming up next hour on the show, but Raheem Morris expected to be named the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Nick and Ken, you better you bet here on a Thursday, talking Championship Sunday with pro sports better Rob Pozzola on Twitter at Rob Pozzola. Rob, we'll move to the second game in a second. This is not meant to be like a gotcha question here, but I'm legitimately curious. The way you broke that down and your case for the under, just like listening to you talk, it sounds like you like the Chiefs in the game. Why don't you bet Kansas City getting the three and a half or the four? I, I don't love the Chiefs in the game. Um, my, listen, my number on the game leans slightly towards Kansas City. I think that they're, I don't know that I have the right read on either of these teams. And like, I attach a confidence level to every single output that I have in terms of a number. This one is low for me because the Chiefs have shown a very wide range of what they can be so far this season. Uh, I, there's lots of scenarios here where the Chiefs just get, like, this could be Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl from a few years back, where one team dominates the line of scrimmage and the other team has no answer for it. That's within the range of outcomes. So, I mean, if you forced me, you said, Rob, you got to pick the game, I would take the Chiefs. But personally, I, I just don't see this as a valuable enough number to bet Kansas City. Makes makes a lot of sense. I, I'm i still going to bet Kansas City. In the, I got to be honest, I listen to your answer and I go, well, now I'm not, now I'm not turning back at all. Now I'm really, I'm going to use that Baltimore. That Baltimore offense, like the defenses they faced this year, it's like a really smart idea for just like kind of a filter to just like expect what are, what are we going to get in this game. Uh, NFC game, Rob. A lot of Niners love so far on the show today from the guests that we've had on. To be fair, there was a lot of Niners love in the market. Got bet from seven to seven and a half. Um, in some places, now we're kind of between the two numbers. Maybe that's because Debo is going to play. Maybe it's because people just like the Niners in the game anyway. 51 and a half the total. Uh, we got plenty of time left. What do you like in the NFC game? Sounded before we came on, maybe you had a stronger opinion on this one. Yeah, I do. There's something I like in this game, uh, and that's the San Francisco team total over. That's the most confident look I have for this game. We could start on the, the Detroit side of the ball. I know a lot of people are very focused on uh, the way that the Lions tend to attack the middle of the field on offense, right? That's been brought up a lot this year. Jared Goff's uh, percentage of outside pass attempts is 38.6%. That's the lowest mark in the entire league. And that's typically where you'd beat the 49ers is on the outside. If you look at the 49ers EPA per play, success rates on defense defending the middle of the field, they are by far the best in the league. It's not even remotely close. On top of that, Jared Goff doesn't operate in shotgun all that much relative to other quarterbacks in the NFL. They run a lot of single back formations, the Detroit Lions, which the 49ers have a very strong EPA and success rate against that type of offense as well. So now it comes down to, can Ben Johnson change this offense up enough over the course of a week where they can attack the 49ers weaknesses? I don't actually know the answer to that. Typically speaking, he is a very good coordinator at coming up with game plans that target the weaknesses of the opposing defenses. But I don't want to bet that, like, whether that's going to happen or not. I'm just confident that San Francisco is going to score points. And whether that's Debo playing or not, like, Debo is very much trending towards playing right now. But I think people really overstate the impact that he has on this team. I've seen all the EPA splits from this year. Here's Debo on the field versus off the field. Well, guess what? When he wasn't there, neither was Trent Williams this year, who's also happens to be like one of the best left tackles in the history of the NFL. That kind of has an impact as well. On top of that, Brock Purdy's wide receiver target share this year, 52.5%. That's like 5% lower than league average. They have other weapons that they can use outside of Debo Samuel. The thing for me is that I think Detroit's defense is extremely overrated. And like, 
I know nobody says the Lions defense is good. Like that's not a thing. But I think in the minds of people, they're just not that bad. And I'd argue that they are that bad. What's happened in the last five or six weeks here in the NFL is that the Lions defense has really capitalized off of turnovers. But outside of that, they're just giving up way too much. Uh, yards per attempt to Baker, Matthew Stafford, Nick Mullins, two games, Dak Prescott, even Russell Wilson in the game prior to that, through the roof. Early down pass rate success for those teams, pretty high across the board, averaging 50% early down pass rate success against the Lions in six games. That's very predictive of offense going forwards, not the third down stuff and the turnover stuff that's happening. So we look at San Fran last week. They struggled quite a bit. I mean, how much of it was Brock Purdy in, in the moment, not knowing how to, you know, that experience is seventh round pick, doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. How much of it was the rain? I honestly watched the game. I think a lot of it had to do with the rain and him just not being all that comfortable in that offense with the rain. And the final point I'll make with the Detroit defense they missed 124 tackles this season. That was the fifth most in the league. That's a recipe for disaster against the 49ers. The 49ers have 6.6 pass yards after completion this year. That's tops in the NFL by a mile. If you can't tackle, you're not going to beat the Niners. They're just very good in open space. So I think San Fran is going to score in this game. There's likelihood, like possibility that Detroit keeps up. I just don't want to bet the spread when I'm just more confident in one team's ability to move the ball, and I don't know what's going to happen with the other team. So that's the way I'm looking at it, 49ers team total over. San Francisco's team total over at BetMGM, 29 and a half. Rob, we appreciate it, brother. Wishing you the best of luck this weekend, and the next time we have you on the show, we'll be talking Super Bowl 58. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the time with your childhood friends. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. Our pal pro sports better Rob Pizzola joining us here on You Better You Bet. Coming up next hour, we will get to the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris as their new head coach. The betting takes there. Plus, we'll be joined by Joey Kanish. But coming up next, Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon joins Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. 